Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. So what happens at the centre of our planet can directly influence what happens on the surface. Now it's easy to think of our planet as one big lump of rock, or maybe with some layers, but the behaviour of those layers, how they wrap up against each other, and how things can spread through them, is incredibly complicated, but also linked. What happens near our core can influence what happens on the surface. This week, some of the way in which our planet is linked together. If you stop and think about the big sphere, or sphere-like shape, that our planet Earth is, you probably know that it has layers. Now, those layers can be defined in a couple of different ways. If you think about it mechanically, with properties like rheology, you can divide it into things like the lithosphere, the asthenosphere, the mesospheric mantle, outer core, and the inner core. Or, one of the better words, you have the lithosphere, which is like the fixed, rigid outer part, you know, where the crust is and the continental plates and so on. Then you have the asthenosphere, which is the weak and ductile flowing region of the upper mantle. And then, of course, you have then the mesospheric mantle, which is the big turbulent and majority of the actual volume of the Earth, which is where most of the big turbulent flowing of material happens. Then you've got the outer core and, of course, obviously the inner core. Now, if you look at it chemically, you can divide that into the crust, upper mantle, lower mantle, outer core and inner core. So the boundaries and the definitions for these different types of way of describing the Earth vary. We're talking about this because the actual definition and way in which the Earth works underneath our feet is incredibly fascinating. And it's way more complicated than you might think. It's easy to think of the crust as something that is solid rock underneath our feet. And we know that not to be the case. The seemingly immobile land that we're standing on, we know through tectonic shift, is moving from one location to the other, just incredibly slowly, but it is moving. And when we say something is moving like rock, it does actually mean that it's physically shifting, but in a way, it's flowing, like a liquid, but it's solid rock. And this is where it gets pretty fascinating to think about the actual definitions of what it means to be something as solid as a rock that actually is flowing. Now, when scientists come and trace things moving through the Earth, like, say, the propagation wave of an earthquake, they can notice some pretty odd effects. Sometimes that flowing through goes faster or slower. Now, a good way to imagine this as well is when you learn about air and the way that sound travels through air, or you learn about water and the way that waves travel through water, You can understand that if you go through something that is more dense or less dense, those propagation waves can change the rate of travel. Sound travels differently through open air than a solid object. And even in a solid object, depending on the density, the type of material, you get a different propagation of sound. On cold nights, you can actually get a different propagation in the air than on warm nights due to the change in the density of the air around it. These things are not necessarily easy to get your hand around, but you probably have thought of in some way or another through perhaps your education or just your intuition by holding you know, a cup to your ear or hearing sound passing through a wall. Now, with all of these in mind, the same thing is happening with our rocks because waves do pass through our ground. 
seismic waves and they need to travel through a medium. This medium in this case happens to be coming back to all of those different types of layers of the earth. And when we say something like the crust or the lithosphere, now you know that could be anywhere from zero to 80 kilometers deep. That's a lot. And you can break that down into different layers as well. We know there's motion and flowing of material through these, as well as the flowing of heat and a number of other things. Now, all of this is to say that it's easy to think about the ground beneath our feet as one solid object, but it is incredibly dynamic and complicated. Now, researchers from University of Cambridge and University of Oxford have recently published in the journal Nature Communications some fascinating studies on the way in which waves like this propagate through different types and areas of rock. Now, the authors on this paper include lead author Xi Li from Cambridge Department of Earth Sciences and also Dr. Quan Dai Leng from Oxford. In and around Hawaii is where these researchers were focusing their attention because there's what's known as an enigmatic area of rock. Now, this rock is directly underneath the Hawaiian Islands. And the reason why it's studied so much is because there's so much activity around Hawaii. So we have a good understanding of it. But when researchers look at the way waves propagate for all this, they get really puzzled because it's a so-called ultra-low velocity zone. And they call it this because earthquake waves basically pass to a crawl as they go through this region of rock. Now, it's not one massive zone, it's several of these small little ultra-low velocity zones made up of different types of rock. And if you come back to what we're talking about with medium, where you, know, you can have the speed of a wave change by the properties of the medium that it is passing through. And it's really fascinating that this is occurring in a, a very volcanically active area of, like Hawaii. It's not that these pockets have one massive uniform property either. These researchers, in particular, what they published in this paper was how complex and internally varying some of these pockets are with an interesting structure. And this is really fascinating to think of because, again, it's pointing to that rock is not solid and homogenous all the way through. It is in some places, but not necessarily all of it. And you end up with intricate structures inside of it. It's an area of research called deep earth seismology then when you think about the layers of the earth you've got obviously the core we talked about and then we're making our way up in both the mechanical the chemical properties but basically we're getting all the way up to the surface the lithosphere or the crust depending on how you want to look at it now the mantle either the upper or lower but this mantle is the bulk of what we have in our planet as we talked about earlier and the mantle is technically solid rock but it's hot enough to flow just in incredibly slowly. And as we said, this has all kinds of flow patterns, much in the same way as we have in our atmosphere. You have rising of heat, convection currents feeding heat from the core all the way up to the surface. And that's what drives the movement of tectonic plates, as what fuels volcanic eruptions and hotspots. 
the benefit actually for researchers of earthquakes is that it produces seismic waves. Now, a seismic wave is a bit more like how a radar pulse may ping out from a scanner or a sonar wave. You can use a seismic wave to do the same thing, travel through stuff and bounce back and look when things bounce back and use that to analyze and detect and understand what's around you. So in the same way that you might use sonar to navigate or LIDAR to map the surface of something. You can use earthquakes, and that's what you'll just do, to map the interior of our Earth without having to peer inside it. Now, that's not saying that the scientists are causing earthquakes, they're just using existing seismic waves and the monitoring networks to study it. And the echoes and shadows of these waves give you, like, say, with LIDAR or sonar, an image of the deep interior topography of our planet. Now, the problem is, when you get to the deep, deep part of our Earth, say the boundary between the core and the mantle, it's really important area to know how does heat transfer between these two regions, but you know, it's so incredibly deep and we're only really able to get at information about what's happening there. Not of course by drilling or any other thing, but by monitoring these seismic waves. So it requires complex modeling to understand how things work at this boundary between the core and the mantle. And it requires incredible computing power to do so, which is what researchers like Dr. Kongdai Leng from Oxford have been diving into. Now, when they use these complex models, along with lots of these earthquake images that they're producing, they can see that there's around a 40% drop in speed of these seismic waves as they travel at the base of these ultra-low velocity zones underneath Hawaii. So not like immediately underneath Hawaii, but really deep down. Now, it's possible that something is happening there with the rocks. The authors believe that this supports a proposal that much of these zones contain way more iron than the surrounding rocks do, which of course would mean it would be more dense. Any way propagating and passing through that region would be, well, more sluggish, more slow. Technically, you would say it is an attenuated wave. Now, it's possible that these iron-rich materials are part of the remnants of, say, the ancient rocks from Earth's early history. Or, given that we're talking about it really deep down in the Earth, below the lower part of the mantle, it's possible that this is also stuff that is seeping out from our iron-rich core. Now, it's unclear where this extra iron is coming from, but it's possible that it is a, either just leftovers as part of the hotspot, effectively, or a large area of iron in our mantle, or maybe it is coming out of the core, or maybe it is both in some mechanism. But it is interesting at its location with these volcanic island chain in Hawaiian islands, because scientists have started to notice a correlation between these ultra-low velocity zones, these areas super rich in iron right near the core, and what so-called hotspot volcanoes, chains of high volcanic activity that you get in Hawaii or in Iceland. Now, if you look at those two locations, and you go all the way down to the edge of the mantle and the core, you can see these iron-rich zones there, these low-velocity zones. So it's possible that a plume-like structure brings hot mantle material all the way from the core ma mantle boundary layer all the way up, channeled through this dense area of rock, straight to the surface. And that would create these hot spots that we see bursting through the crust, creating all these volcanic island chains. But that's actually being driven by this sort of funneling effect from this super dense rock, iron rich rock, at the boundary between the core and the mantle. 
So what's happening almost at the center of the Earth is driving convection patterns, which then create these hotspot regions, um, perhaps at the surface. Now, this is really amazing because getting these images of ultra low velocity zones underneath Hawaii uh, now in hand with the researchers, they can use this to pair together with actual samples. Obviously, you can't get samples from that deep down, but from the rocks on the surface and look at the way in which from the volcanic eruptions and how the other pieces of data can be all fed in to the mathematical models give us a better understanding of how this core and mantle boundary works. Now, of course, it has not looked at all of these hotspot regions, but definitely with different types of seismic monitoring, it could be achieved to study them and see if they all have this similar feature of these iron-rich deposits at the boundary between the core and the mantle, and above them, you know, a volcanic island chain or a hotspot region of volcanic activity. Now, what that means for the researchers as well is that the deep interior of the Earth isn't just like constant solid iron or constant lava. It's way more complicated than that, with regions of build-up or, or leak-out, depending on how it works, that can influence not just the internal convection patterns of underneath the ground, underneath, inside the mantle, but also what's happening here on the surface. And that is the amazing thing to think about. What is happening beneath your feet, kilometers deep down towards the center of the Earth, we can study through the use of powerful earthquakes and sensing monitoring equipment, but it also shows that what happens down there has a direct impact on what happens up on the surface, even though it is so far spread away. Hard to see and hard to understand, but definitely linked and connected. The Earth itself is a fascinating combination of a system with lots of flowing convection patterns in our atmosphere, but also, as we're increasingly understanding, beneath our feet, inside the mantle itself. This is a great research published in the journal Nature Communications with lead author Xi Li and contributing author Guang Dai Leng. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. What happens near the core of our planet actually can help influence what happens on the surface with the intricate system of linked convection and flow patterns. We can see that in our hotspot volcanoes and the mantle. Our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.